actually dropped reading Chess Big Blue by Nora Roberts, Chapter 14. He had to wait until morning until Drew slipped downstairs to prepare for her daily orders. He barely slept, though he struggled to lock the turmoil inside. He lay awake most of the night. Even the pleasure of having Drew curled beside him had been tainted, but he had to be sure. Those guts holding Gloria had trampled on yet another part of his life. Not on the McLennan brothers' apartment door. He had to be sure. Dressed for work, an enormous cup of coffee in his hand. Dan answered, hey, what's up? She's got me. I've got an order meeting. I need to talk to Will. Good luck, he's dead, man. In the bedroom down the hall. Coffee, he'll probably pull his resurrection act on her. This can't wait, they said. Really, the guy's wasted. Seth, since Seth was already walking with the debris of the living room, Dan went after him. No, that's mine. The sign Dan jerked his thumb toward the second door. There was a sign tacked to the device. Take two aspirin and go far, far away. That didn't bother to knock. I pushed the door open in the dark. Though the light had, that spilled in from the hallway, Seth could see blackout drapes were pulled tight over the window. The room itself was barely closet sized and mostly bed. Will lay on it, face up, his arms flung out to the sides as if he'd fallen backward in the position and had moved since he wore Marvin the Martian boxer shorts and one sock. He's not let me get my camera up there moment. Listen, said this is his first chance for eight straight in two weeks. He wanted to make it up time with Aubrey, so he didn't get in until after two. He was barely conscious when he came in the door. It's important. Well shit. Damn walked over the room though he probably then walked over to the window. He'll probably be speaking in tongues and ruthlessly whipped the drapes back. The bright morning sun flashed over the bill. Will didn't twitch. Sadly, you over the bed. Shook. Will, wake up. Go blow me. Stop. <laughs> Told you. Damn, move the bed. He, here's how it works. He put his mouth close to Will's ears. Code blue. Code blue. Dr. McLennan reported he is in room three. Stat. What's it? Will sprang into the same position. As if the top half of his body had been chopped from a bullet. Where's the crash cart? Where's the crash cart? Where's some part of his brain cleared as he blinked and said, Oh, fuck. He stared at Pop back. But Seth grabbed his arm. I have to talk to you. You bleeding internally. No. Well, you will be if you don't get the hell out of here. Let me sleep. He grabbed the pillow from behind and put it over his face to block out the light. Don't see a guy in years, and you can't get rid of him. Go away and take the moron who used to be my brother with you. You were in Drew's shop yesterday. I'm going to cry in a minute. Will, Seth Yankapula, the woman who was in there with you came in. You said you thought you recognized her. Right now, I wouldn't recognize my own mother. In fact, who the hell are you? What are you doing in my bedroom? I'm calling the cops. Tell me what she looks like. If I tell you, will you go away? Yeah, please. Christ, let me think. He yawned hugely. Will scrubbed his hands over his face. He sniffed, sniffing in coffee. His eyes began to check until they landed on Dan's. Gum. I want that coffee. This is mine, jerkwad. Give me the goddamn coffee, or I'll tell mom. You think that yellow vest makes her ass look fat? Your life won't be worth living. Give him the damn coffee, Seth. Dan handed it over. Will slurped, gulped. Seth waited for him to just drink. Just dunk his head in the oversized cup and lap with the sun. Okay, what was the question? Seth fist in the hand on the side. Imagine his raid inside it, trapped in the The woman you saw in Drew's shop. Yeah, right. Well, Yon again tried to concentrate. Something about her weirded me out. Dressed like she shouldn't be working. Dressed like she should have been working a corner in Baltimore, not that I've known about 
that he had a bit of trouble as well. Bleached, bony, blonde, what my dad would call not shopworn, shopworn. Diagnosed from a quick visual would be serious alcohol abuse along with some recreational chemicals. Bad tones or skin, liver damage probably. How old set the man? Runs over 50, but hard years. Could have been younger, serious smokers, rafts too. She leaves her body to science. We aren't going to get much of it. Yeah, Seth said everyone was out of it. Like I told Drew, though, there was something familiar about it. Couldn't place it. Maybe it was just the type, hard, edgy, sort of, I don't know, predatorial. What, did she come back in the house with you? I, I hung around and thought, then the jaw dropped and the pig fell. Oh, shit, Jesus Christ, little crutch. Glory of the lot. Seth pressed the heels of his hands. Oh, fuck me. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Dan held with both hands. He said, glory to Lawton. Was in Drew's flower shop yesterday. That can't be. She's gone. She's been gone for years. It was her. It didn't click until just now. We only saw her that one time, said the Dan. But it's pretty strong memory. Her yelling and trying to get set in that, in that car. Seville knocking her down. Full snoring like he was going to take a chunk out of her. She's changed, but... No, not that much. No, said Travis Hand. Not that much. What the hell is she doing back here? Wait a minute. You're not a kid now. She can't try to drag you off so she can squeeze your brothers for ransom or some shit. She can't be looking for a sloppy mother-son reunion, so what's the point? Will's a little slow. There you go. Especially when it comes to the dark side. Money would be the point. Right, Seth? Our pal here is a successful artist climbing up the shiny ladder of fame and fortune. Whatever hole she's been in, she's had... She'd have her about it. Now she's back, wanting her cut of the profits. That covers most of it, said them. I still don't get it. Well, she hoped that it said, you don't owe her a damn thing. She's got nothing on you. I've been paying her for years. Oh, hell, Seth. She just kept popping up. I gave her money so she'd go away again. Stupid, but I couldn't see what else to do to keep her from hassling my family. We got the business off the ground and the kids were coming along. I didn't want her making trouble for me. They don't know. Well, I no, I never told anybody. He put it in the inside, the place to try to keep off away from what his life had been. She tracked me down in Rome a few months ago. That's when I figured there wasn't any point in me being 3,000 miles away. I wanted to come home. She got me up again about a week ago. Usually she backs off for longer, a year or two. I thought I'd brought some time, but if she went into the shop, it wasn't because she wanted to buy some fucking daisies. What do you want us to do, Dan Ashton? Nothing you can't do. Just keep a lead on this until I figure it out. Meanwhile, I'll wait. See what she does next. But it couldn't just wait. He spent hours driving to hotels, motels, B&Bs, trying to find her. Without a clue what he'd do when he did. He started the search with more fury than plan, thinking only that he needed to confront her. To drive her off by whatever means necessary. But as he drove to and from hotels, he began to cool off. He began to think that she thought. Coldly, if she thought Drew mattered to him, she would be used, tooled, weapon, victim. Very likely all three. If he, if and when he found her, he would need to take care to paint his relationship with Drew as a casual one, even a callous one. If there was one thing Lori understood, even respected, was using someone else. Using anyone else for your own purposes. As long as she thought he was using Drew for sex in studio space, Drew would be safe. And at least one person he cared about wouldn't be smeared with Gloria's brush. He was 40 miles outside of St. Christopher before he found an answer. The motel posted pool, cable, TV, and a family suites. The desk clerk was young and perky enough to make sense decide she'd been hired as 
with Summer Hill. He leaned on the counter with a friend like, hi. I was going, just fine, thanks, will you be sure No, I'm here to see a friend. Boy, Ed Lautner. Ed Lautner, one minute, please. Got her bottom lip, turned her teeth, dashed around a second. Oh, can't you spell the last name? Sure. When he had, she tapped again and looked up and it. I'm sorry, there's no Delotner's on. Huh. You know what? She might have rested on a horror. That's the name she uses for business. Larry Harrow. Went back to the keyboard and front. I'm afraid Miss Harrow checked out. She checked out. So straight. Did everything he could do to keep himself from win. <laughs> Just this morning, I checked her out myself. That's weird. Blonde thing about this talk. He held her hand and asked, Yes, that's her. Well, hell, I must have missed up the dates. Thanks. He stared out. And turned back to him. She didn't mention heading down to St. Christmas, did she? No. Seems to me she was heading the other way. Gosh, I hope nothing's wrong. Just a mix-up. He said and let himself feel cautious. Shook over it. That's... Thanks for the help. He told himself she was gone. She'd taken the 10,000 but she just checked out through. And that was worrying, but set to imagine Gloria had, once she met her, dismissed the idea of him and Drew having any sort of serious relationship she could exploit. Back was... He was far from sure where he stood with Drew himself. He wasn't the type who wore her heart on her sleeve, he thought, or anyone else he could get a good look at, and wasn't part of his fascination with her the very fact that she was so contained. At least it had been interested and attracted him Milton in something a great deal more. Now he wanted more. One way he used to see in the people was by paying them. He knew she was far from sold on the idea of posing for him again, particularly in the way he had in mind. But he set it up his studio on Sunday morning as if she were enthusiastic. Why oh, won't you just take money for the painting? I don't want money. He arranged the sheets on the bed. Once he borrowed from Phil after a raid of his brother's linen closet, the material was soft, would drape fluidly, and their color, the past plastic honeysuckle, would be perfectly against the blood red of the rose petals and delicate white of her skin. He wanted that mix of tones, moods, warm, hot, and cool. She was all new. That's the point of selling your work, isn't it? She clutched the robe close. The thought at the throat and cast that easy glance at the back to make money. I don't paint for money. That's a handy byproduct product, and I leave it to my rep. I'm not a model. I don't want a model either. Dissatisfied, he shoved, drag, push until he changed the angle and position of the bed. Professionals can give you terrific study. But I find using regular people gives me more. Besides, I can't use anybody but you for this work. Why? Because it's you. He hissed between her teeth as you looked in the first bag of pepper. Grace! What does that mean? I see you. He tossed petals in his cheeks and seemed for a minute. Just relax and leave it to me. I can't possibly relax when I lie naked on a bed filled with rose petals and you're staring at me. Sure you can. He had more pedals, step back, consider. We made love on that bed a few hours ago. Exactly. Now he looked at her and smiled. It helped it help if you thought about that when I'm working. Well, did you have sex with me to put me in the right mood? No, I had sex with you because I can't seem to get enough of you. But the mood's another handy byproduct. Let me tell you where you can put your handy byproduct. He laughed and grabbed her before she could stride into that. I'm crazy about you. Stop it! She seemed like he's nibble on here. I mean, it's set. Absolutely crazy. You're so beautiful. Don't be shy. You can't get me this drip of flattery or cordial. Cordial. Very cool word. How about appealing to your appreciation of art? 
Just try. He's giving lip down her. Give me one hour. If you're still uncomfortable, we'll rethink this. This human, the human body's natural. There's cotton underwear. And sure is the way you wear it. And of course, he made it. One, one hour, she's back. And I get the painting. Jim, no, is this music okay with you? Or do you want me to put on something? Strip fix. Oh, you're very funny. Let's just take this off. He untied the rope. He's getting in front of I love looking at you. I love the shape of you. He spoke softly, easing her toward the bed. The way your skin looks in the light. I want to show you how you look to me. I was seducing me. supposed to help me relax. Lie down. Don't think about anything yet. I want you to turn on your side facing me. Your arm like this. Lifted it, draping it low over her breast. She did her best to ignore the sensation along her skin where her fingertips was not I feel exposed. Revealed. It's different. Slide his knee up. Keep his arm hanging down. Palm up. Open. Good. Comfortable. I can't believe I'm doing this. This is not me. Yes, it is. He reached into the bag, scattered petals over her, letting some drift into her open palm before he placed some more deliberately on her hair, on the slip of her breast, over her arm, on the line of it. Like, try to hold that for me. He stepped back, ran his gaze over her in a way that made her skip set. Just try not to move too much. I need your body first. I'm not too worried about the head and face just yet. Talk to me. He retreated behind him. About what? How ridiculous I feel. Why don't we go for a sale this evening? We bump dinner off and go out now. I can't think about dinner and I certainly don't want to think about your sister-in-law with him. People are not. People are going to see this. He'd be naked. People are going to see a painting of a striking woman. My mother? Sure said it suddenly. How is she? She and your father still back together. As far as I know, they went to Paris, but they're not happy with me. Hard to make everybody happy all the time. He sketched the girl's shoulder, some of her neck, slender line of torso. When's the last time you were in Paris? Greg, get out. About three years ago, my aunt's wedding. She lives there now, outside of Paris, actually, but they keep her flat in the city. So you talked to her of Paris, satisfied when he saw the tension draining of her body. Then he began to think, contrast of the red against white skin, the glint of light, the delicacy of the sheets with their temp deeper, deeper shadows in the soft folds. He wanted to, the elegance of her open hands and the strong muscles in her calf. She shifted slightly, but he said nothing to correct her pose. The conversation he carried on to keep her relaxed was a different part of her mind. The rest was seeped in the image he created with paint and brush. He was in, he, here was his fairy queen again, but now she was awake. Now she was aware. She stopped thinking about the pose, her modesty. It was an incredible thrill to watch him work and the exhilaration. Did he realize? She wondered how the intensity came. The intensity came over him, the way his eyes changed, took on a certain fierceness of event that was in a direct opposition to the casual flow of his words. Did he see himself? Surely he must. He had to know the fluidity of focus that were so much part of his technique, the sexuality of it, and the beauty, the power that made the subject he took along with him very feel beautiful, feel powerful. Scrap the time limit they set. Whatever fantasy he created in his mind should become too much a part of it to break the spell. Did the subject always fall in love with the artist, she wondered? Was it just the natural things for her to fill this outrageous intimacy with him and this stupefied need for him? How had he become the first man, the only man she wanted to give to? 
to get anything he asked. He was frightened to know it, to understand that love could mean giving up so much himself. What would be left of her if she yielded to it? When his gaze moved over her as it absorbed what she was, she should have cold and voice impatient. Then as it turned on a knob, he spoke more easily. Sorry. Are you cold? No. Yes. Maybe a little. A little stiff. Frowning. Glanced out at his wrist from the watch. He once again forgot. Probably hit the hour. At least. She worked up her smile. You need a break? You want some water or juice? Did I buy juice? Water's fine. Can I sit up now? Sure. Sure. He wasn't looking at her now. In any case, but afterward. Can I see what you've done so far? Uh-huh. He sat down with brush. Picked up a rag and never took his eyes off the canvas. Drew slipped out of bed, picked up the rope, and wrapped herself into it, walked to him. The bed was the center of the canvas, with much of the outer space still white and unpainted. She was the center of the bed. He had to paint her face so she was only a body. Long limbs adored with rose petals. Her arms covered her breasts, but it wasn't a gesture of modesty, one of flirtation, she thought. Of invitation, of knowledge, only a fraction done, she realized, and already brilliant. Did she ever look and see light and shadow playing so beautifully? He chose in the bed well. The sun iron bars offered simplicity and a timelessness. The delicate tone of the sheets warmed her skin, was yet another contrast to all the rich bold strokes. It's beautiful. It will be, Avery. This is a good start. He knew I wouldn't stop you once I seen what you did. He looked and hadn't seen what I wanted you to see. I'd have failed you, so uh, she studied him. Her pulse scrambled when she saw the same narrow intensity on his face, the strength of focus, purpose, the need that vibrated around him when he worked, but now it was for her. I've never wanted anyone like this, she ran. I don't know what it means. I don't give a damn. He pulled her against him, captured her mouth. He was already aching off her robe as he dragged her towards the bed. A part of her had been born and bred in luxury, and Grace was shocked at the treatment, shocked more by her response to it, and the part that responded triumphantly. Store had a shirt even as they tumbled on the sheets, strewn with roses. Touch me, oh, touch me, she called her way over. The way I imagined you touched me when you were painting me. His hand streaked over her, rough and needy, stroking the flames that simmered as she lay naked for him, and energized her, sparked in her blood until she felt herself becoming a quiver, massive raw need, tainted with reckless greed. Her mouth wore word with his and frantic battle to give. He was lost in her, trapped in a maze of emotions. She wound through him, steeped in the flood of sensations. She roused by every crest, every taste, every word. Hungry, hunger for more stubble, stumbled against the rocky ledge of love. When he drew her close, held, held tight, he fell over. Some change, some tenderness, eat through the urgent urgency. It swamped her, and she went violet against him. Now mouths met, a long, supperless kiss. Now hands brushed, skin delicately, the air thickened, filled with the scent of roses of paint turpentine, all stirred by the breeze off the water. She rose over him, looked down at love. Throat ached through her heart swelled, unbearably moved. She lowered her lips to his until her throat ached from the sweetness. This, she knew, was more than pleasure, beyond desire and need. This, if only she could let it in, was everything. It was consuming, then she would be consumed. And she took him inside her, gave herself over to the everything. Slow and silky, deep and intent, they moved together, trembled as they climbed, 
sighed as they floated. It seemed to be her colors, the rich gold tones he'd used in the painting spread inside her. He lifted her, lifted to her, finding her mouth was his again as his arms enfolded her, wrapped tight. They surrendered. For time they didn't speak, she kept her head on his shoulder, looked at the light through the window. He opened the window, she realized once she'd been so certain needed to remain shut, now the light, the air was streaming through. How could she have her clothes again? Clothes again? I've never made love on rose petals before. She said, quite, I like it. Me too. Slicked out from a like one from his back. But now, look what we've done. She held out to the artist. is going to be very annoyed with us. He should be, but he's not. Besides, Joy, poor Joy, was running inside him in long, low, loose strides. The artist is very inventive. I, mean, I can verify that. Give me another hour. Lean back to stare. You're going to paint again now? Trust me, it's important, really important. Just here. She was still gaping at him when he shifted her and gave her a light shove. Back on the boat. You remember the pose, or do you need me to say? Do I? Oh, for heaven's sake. Molded a little miffed. She rolled to her side, wiped her arm over her breast. Okay, I'll say. Cheerful, energized, he moved her. Retripping rose petals, stepped back, and forward again to make more adjustments. It's okay to pout now, but turn your head toward me. I'm not pouting. I'm entirely too mature to pout. Whatever. He grabbed his knee and said, I need the angle of your head. Chin up. Well, not that far. That's better. He said, grab him and brush me. So your head. Just, uh, ah, yeah, that's it. You're amazing. You're perfect. You're the best. You're full of shit. Now that's mature. He went to work in a little crude coming from you. I can be crude when the occasion calls for it. As far as she was coming. Sir, and having a man more interested in his work than in holding her where she just called in love was the perfect occasion. Okay, shut up. Just look at me now. Listen to the music. Fine. I've nothing to say to you anyway. Maybe not. He thought, but her face had a great deal to say. And he wanted it all. Painted the arrogant angle of it. The strong chin with that lovely shadow in the center. The sculptured cheekbones. The glorious shape of her eyes. Eyebrows. The straight preaching line of her nose. But for the rest, her mouth. Look in her eyes. He needed something. Don't move. He ordered as he gave me. I want you to think about how much I want. I beg your pardon. Think about how powerful you are. The way you look. As if you're just waking up and you see me looking at you. Craving you. You've got all the power here. Is that so? I'm desperate for you. He leaned down. Lips whisk, his lips whispered from him. You know it. All you have to do is crook a finger. All you have to do is smile. He laid his lips on hers. Took the kiss slow and deep. Gave her a taste of zoom, and I'm asleep. He backed up his eyes on her as he eased around the table. He chewed You. Her lips curved, kind of knowing, and her eyes an invitation shimmering that was both numerous and languid. He saw everything he wanted in that one moment. The awareness, the confidence, the desire, and the promise don't change. He saw nothing but her, felt nothing but her to the point where he was almost unaware of his own hand moving, was mixing the paint, dabbing it, stroking it, all but breathing it onto the paper so that her face bloomed for him. Caught what he could, knew he would see the light on her face forever. It would be there when he needed complete work. It would be there in his mind and heart whenever he was alone. Whenever he was alone. I, I can do it, he said and laid aside his When I do, it'll be the most important thing I've ever done. You know why? He couldn't speak now. She could barely breathe over the tumbling of her heart. She could only take her. Because this is what you are to me. What I knew somehow you'd be to me from the first moment you saw it. He stepped toward the bed. 
I love you. Her pressure had enough. She pressed the hand her heart and wondered that it didn't simply burst free from one madly. I know, I'm terrified. Oh, God, that's up there to fight because I love you, too. She sprang up, scattering rose petals, and leaped into his arms. End of chapter 14.